What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, it's like they're like, Taco Bell menu is like, hey, what if we took a taco and then we pumped it with stuff? What if we took a taco and then we salted it? Yes. What if we took a taco and then we covered it in um, melted cheese and then we wrapped it in a tortilla and then we deep fried it? Taco Bell's, Taco Bell's marketing strategy is paying middle school kids to go into a convenience store and telling them to buy whatever they want and then say when they come put it out, on a taco when they come out they're like thanks and they take all the things that they bought and they bring them into the lab and they put it on a conveyor belt yeah they pay the kids a thousand dollars each they say thank you for the next 15 years of our business you know taco bell's branding is the kid in middle school who always wore a hoodie even in summer Welcome to the crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the crunch. <laughs> Welcome to the crunch, the only podcast that checks the uh, review ratings for the upcoming film Dune every single day. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I really hope it's good. It, it better be good. Did I tell you that my mom bought Emma a copy of Dune so they could read it together? That's awesome. That's, That's so cute. She sent it to her. That's adorable. Yes. Um, so far, Emma is on page maybe 20. That's good. Having trouble just getting through the, the old exposition at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. It's like um, the, 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 they got the Bene Gesserit and the, and the, the Bhagavad Gita. That's a real, that's a Nope, that's a totally different That was a bad joke. Um, she was asking me, she's like, so what's going on? I was like, well, the house Harkonnen and the house Atreides. And she's like, you're going to have to walk him back. I don't know those the names. Shohai Otani, like, I don't know. I'm like, all right, so Paul's dad... Player. So Paul's dad is um, <clears throat> angry, and he says desert power a lot. And then <laughs> <laughs> slaps the desert. This baby can go for my <laughs> Slaps the sandworm. This baby can go for miles. <laughs> I know. She might not look like much. Slap. Slaps arrhythmically. <laughs> oh, it's funny. See, this is why I'm excited to see Dune. Because I'm just, just gonna be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take a notepad into the theater and write down all the little jokes, and then we'll yeah. rewatch it with the Ethan and Patrick commentary. Ethan we should Patrick. okay. There's a there's a um, there's a uh, a genre of YouTube video, of mm-hmm. YouTube channel mm-hmm. where people just like they watch a movie and they do a commentary on yes. it as they. Yes. So you you essentially like you watch the movie and you play their commentary while you watch the movie. Um, and they release the they release like a the the supercut of it on YouTube because mm-hmm. you can't just release a whole movie on YouTube. Right, right, and right, who right. wants to listen to the anyway? 
But we should do that for Dune. I'm just kidding. We really should not do that for Dune. The, uh, it would be forever to edit. It's funny that you say that this is like a YouTube thing. That was happening way back in the day. Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's just. Oh, what well, they, yeah. I know about MST3K. Of course okay. I know about all MST3K. Right, all right, all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, they got an acronym for it MST3K. They've yeah. Been, they've, what I'm saying is they've been doing this with for a Joel long Hodson. Time. Joel Hodson. Do you know Joel Hodson? Do you ever watch Joel his stand up? I call him JH. Joel Hudson is the is the guy from MST3K, uh-huh. and he's Teresa Boba's favorite stand up comedian. They they've DM'd on Twitter about really? yeah because she did a thesis about comedy and he like was one of her sources. She did an interview with him for one of her sources. Nice. And um, he uh, he he has a he is he has a prop comedy thing that he does that is ridiculously funny. Like I've never seen a prop comic that was actually funny, but this guy he's hilarious. My parents, there's this famous story well it's not famous my parents just tell it a lot they once went to see a comedian together yeah um which is funny the only time i feel like the only time my parents have gone to see a comedian they went to see jen fulweiler which classic hard not to go right they left her uh they went to see um well who's the puppet guy uh jeff dunham jeff dunham oh gosh they saw jeff dunham this is simpler times yeah Uh, really and then the only one time other... my dad's my dad one of my dad's employees saw me watching a Jeff Dunham YouTube video and I closed it and turned on and he was like, Hey Pat, and I was he's like, Hey, what's going on? And he's like, What are you watching? And I was like, watching Jeff Dunham. And he's like, You know, you know what's interesting? I watched you watch that entire video and you didn't laugh once. Once. And I was like, huh. And he's like, Yeah, it's not actually funny. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's true. But uh, and then the only other comic that they told me about is this this prop comic who I've never we've we've never been able to figure out who it is. We've looked up his bits, we can't seem to figure out who he is. It's not Carrot Top. It's not. It was not Carrot Top. It was like a local guy in Manhattan, <laughs> okay. Kansas, or something like that. Maybe he was traveling around. I don't know. But they always tell about this funny joke that I think is so funny. That he's just like pulling out props. He's just do the, does the bit and then yeah. puts the thing back in. There's this one where he's just like stops whatever he's doing. He reaches in, he grabs this giant G and just goes and then puts it back in the box. And I just have always thought that that's so funny. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Just pushes I, it towards the audience, pulls it back, <laughs> and then puts it away, and then gets gets another joke. I um I, I love it. I w- prop comedy is amazing if you can do it right. I need to I need to rewatch the the Joel Hodson video that yeah, Teresa that send Teresa, it to me. But you can't watch videos. If Emma pulls it up on her phone, I can watch it. That's good. Good news. Don't know if you saw the Facebook page. No. Uh, the wedding photos are in. I do, wait. No, I did see that. Ours, ours is really great. The one it's that we funny. did together. That one's. I'm really funny. glad we finally got a professional photo together. There, I've looked through all of them. The ones of the reception are obviously just the best. Of course, yeah. Um, the the one where it's they've got the one of me up on everyone's hands. Great. And she was able to get it when I like laid out my arms outstretched, my head tilted back. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I'm gonna get it framed, I think, and hang. We it up do on need the wall. we do need a new cover photo for our yeah. For our Patreon. One one of us that's from the last four years. Where I'm not wearing a Pirates jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, when was a senior? That was 2018. That was a three-year-old picture. It's yeah, we got we to gotta update that. We got to update that. But now's the time, right? Entering into our sixth year. We're beginning our sixth year of podcasting today. That's ridiculous. Right now. Most podcasts don't make it past six weeks. Exactly. <clears throat> and so this is now's the time to just start updating everything. Uh, 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 
Regan I think texted we're halfway me. Done. What do you think? Regan texted me about the the Crunch Podcast Network. He texted me too. I have not responded. I need to give him a call. Uh, but I'm eager to see kind of already things that are happening. Everything's boom. It's clicking left and right. It's huge, guys. CPN, it's going down. I texted Matt about Matt. getting a, getting a, getting a whiskey. Who's Matt? He's not responded. Matt Fred. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant Matt from the Roman Circus podcast. Matt no, Baker. No, no, no. And I was no. like, oh, cool. How's he doing? Yeah, cool. How's he doing? No, no, no. I texted Matt Fred about getting a beer, and he has not responded to me. So let that be a lesson to you. This podcast you are listening to is not a podcast with famous people on it. <laughs> That's correct. It's interesting how as soon as you get married, your thirst pivots from women towards male podcasters. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say that. I... <laughs> Wait, hold on. How's, how's the first couple of weeks, weeks of marriage going, Ethan? It's pretty good. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about my friend. <laughs> Day and night, all I see... All I see is 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 uh, who's the one who's the one guy, uh, Mark Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Mark Marin. Oh gosh, um, I can't believe stand-up comedians just became podcasters. But that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what do you say we hop into this topic? Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, so you made me listen to the entirety of the Mars Hill podcast. Yeah. What made you binge it in two days? Uh, or three days, or days? however many however many days it was. Was it two days? Four days. Um, I've been going to... I had a lot of time on my hands gotcha. the past couple of days. I was doing a lot of menial labor, and so I was listening to the podcast. What were you doing? Were you the Mars Hill podcast. Building? Yeah, I mean, I was, there was that, and then I was like, you know, just puttering around yard. town. Okay, I, went gotcha. to, I went to Walmart um, like every day for the past like five days. Dang. It sucks. Well, oh, why? Why do you because eat it at Walmart five days in a row? Why not just like, get everything the first time? That, I mean, you know, if you make a list, that'll do it. But, like, <laughs> I yeah. didn't know that I needed these things until the sure, day of, and I had to go sure. get them. And so I've been, I've been going to Walmart a lot. I've been driving around. And I, I listened to the entire podcast. And, man, that, that kind of podcast is, like, is a different kind of podcast. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, a different it's – it's another level. Like, I, I love it. Like, the, the music and, like, the, mm-hmm. the interviews spliced in. Mm-hmm. And it's just – it's a narrative and it flows well and the, the host has a beautiful voice. It's amazing. Yeah. We're going to have to work love, on that. <laughs> I can listen to that. Yeah. My voice sucks. I, 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 I talk back here. I don't know if you can hear it. It's like yeah. up. You need to talk at the front of your I mouth. I need to talk at the front of my mouth. <laughs> I need to talk right here. I need to talk. Talk, talk real, real up and close. Well, not that Just talk. No, Wait. Not that close. Oh, no. Not like this. Back up a little bit. No, this is ASMR. I hear people. Could you, could you, could you back up? Like, could you back up what the mic just a little bit? Yeah, back up a little bit more. <laughs> Patrick, you fell for my trap. I can't hear anything you're saying. Okay. <laughs> you unplugged everything. Came out. That's so funny. What were you saying? I I was just I just said you fell for my trap, but it didn't <laughs> make sense because your headphones got unplugged. So Yeah, it didn't make sense. Uh, so you're listening to the Marcel podcast. What were Listen you listening to? Your thoughts? Tell me about it. Um Hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. I think... Uh, I Why think should people listen to this episode? This you should podcast? listen to the podcast because it'll make you feel really good about all the scandals that are going on in the church. You'd be like, well, at least we're not that guy. I'm just kidding. That's not... 
even remotely. Let's not compare scandals. No, let's not compare scandals indeed. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know why people should listen to it. Because I honestly, I, I was thinking about this while I'm like, am I enjoying this podcast? Because I like saying, oh, well, at least I'm not that guy. Because I don't, I, I, I've stopped watching YouTube videos that are commentary videos about other YouTubers. Because first of all, I don't really care about other YouTubers. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about like influencers. Mm-hmm. And also it's like, I would find myself going, wow, that guy really sucks. And then being like, what's the profit in that, you know? Yeah, yeah, nothing. But I think what what I've profited from it in my in my own ministry is like really doubling down and being like, okay, I need to make sure that I am not, I my intentions in ministry don't become corrupted. Because like this guy, Mark Driscoll, never heard of him before. You talked about him a couple of days ago. Yeah. I'd never heard of Mark Driscoll before. Yeah. Um, and let that be a lesson to you could become the most famous pastor in the country and, and someone still hasn't heard of you. A lot of tons of people haven't heard of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the, that's the funny thing is like most people, most people don't know who you are. So like, don't ever assume someone knows who you are. Right. Uh, I was in an interesting situation like that a couple of days ago, but, or a couple of weeks ago. But the, the biggest, the biggest uh, lesson for me was like, he started on what I, maybe who knows his intentions, but like, let's say he started his ministry in like a very sincere place when he was in his early mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And then just the, the success, the level of success got to his head. Like that's the most charitable explanation of what happened. The least charitable explanation is that he's like clinically a narcissist and can't, is incapable of change. Um, I, there's also a chance that it's both. Sure. You know, fair that uh, he started it, but he's also a narcissist Then he was genuine, yeah. but also, not <laughs> also not uh and so like recognizing like that that could be me there mm-hmm. but before the grace of god goes patrick nevy like that's mm-hmm. literally i was like you know that that's um you really strike me as a potential mark driscoll you think you think so no <laughs> you've never <laughs> yelled like, oh, at gosh. me <laughs> oh that's fair i thought you just meant in general yeah in general phoebe phoebe said that the other day she was like she was like if you if you uh um my my mom has a really interesting story about my baptism Mm-hmm. and Phoebe's like, that sounds like a saint story. And I'm like, oh, cool, great. Um, that's interesting. She's like, that must mean that like, like you're, you're like destined for something. I was like, or, or. it means uh, that without that, I would have been in big trouble. <laughs> like without baptism, I would have been screwed. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like that, it kind of it kind of flipped the script on saint stories. Now it's like stuff like that that happens. It's like it's to, it's it's divine intervention to save you from something that otherwise would have been inevitable and disastrous. Uh, right. So all of that aside, it it kind of put it put me in check, and I want to like remain in check. And also like I don't want to talk about being in check because Mark Driscoll talked about being in check mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. and he talked about like I've sinned, I need to repent, and he was like, yeah, like I've been betrayed, and I you know, all this stuff. And it's like, it was very disingenuous mm-hmm. and it, it made me upset. Yeah. But I couldn't help but thinking the whole time I was like, man, it would be really great if he could just be like ecclesially censured and barred from ministry. It would be really great if there was some yeah, structure he, of hierarchy above him. He started his own church in Scottsdale after he got fired from Mars Hill. Yeah. So he's still, he's still actively pastoring people. My, if my, you don't know, if you don't have time to go listen to the whole thing, basically, all what he did was he started this church, and then just manipulated people and created a culture that uh, everything had to go through him, and he was kind of at the at the head of everything, and really dictated people's lives to an extent that's not appropriate for a pastor to do, mm-hmm. uh, and made and kind of 
claim to have this like proper view of women, kind of like the Ephesians five kind of view of women as men are the head and women are represent the, the, the body or represent the church and all these things. And, um, and he just took that to an extreme and just like said that you have to work from home. You have to, uh, have lots of kids. You have to get married young and have, yeah, have kids right away and have as many kids as you can. And, um, while all those things we'll admit are like probably good things generally, uh, he just did it in a very manipulative way and went around people's backs and fired them for asking questions like, Hey, don't you think you need some other like older men in your life to, yeah. Like he accused a woman of heresy for suggesting that he needed, uh, fellowship and brotherhood and in a private conversation <laughs> in a private conversation. Other women. Yeah. Yeah. And like that got reported back to him and he accused her of heresy and fired her from her job and kicked some other elders out of the church and just all these things to consolidate power in his own hands and made the whole brand of the church about him. And, uh, was just very, uh, very coercive. Um, he t- taught people that you should talk to demons during exorcisms, just things that are like, are not good. Wait, I thought he said, I thought he said, don't talk to demons. No, he said, do talk to them. Try oh. to figure out their name, because then when you know their name, you have power over them. That's oh, like, gosh. It's yeah, like, no, you should no, not be... First like, of all, you shouldn't be talking about demons. You're a guy. You're just yeah. some dude. First of all, the demon's going to look at you and you'd be like, you don't have holy orders. <laughs> I don't care about you. Where's your, that literally happened. Where's your authorization body. letter from your local bishop is what that demon is going to say. That, that, the <laughs> demon, a demon said like to a, to a guy who tried to exercise a demon in Acts of the Apostles, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ pe- preached by Peter, and... The demon goes like, Peter, I know, but who are you? Who are you? I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a cautionary tale to any would-be exorcists that presume power because... Yeah, just because you're you baptized know, doesn't mean that you are uh, invincible. An exorcist. Yeah. Goodness so that's, that's kind of the summary of, of everything. I kind of had a different approach. I, I'm not really an active ministry, so I guess it kind of hit me differently. Sure. But the story that struck me from the podcast I thought was so cool was the story of that Easter service where like dozens and dozens of people came up and got baptized and they didn't expect all these people to come up and get baptized. And so they had people like run into the store and getting towels and getting shirts. And like there was a woman, there was a woman who was covered in cat hair because she had a bunch of cats at her house. And so people were just getting dunked in this like gross (laughs) water (laughs) with like cat hair. Cause it just, it, it was so such like a natural, it happened, you know, back in the mid 2000s before it, the church got super huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the point of the podcast is that you have this crazy manipulative leader, but God still works, right? And God is still yeah. powerful yeah. and can do these amazing things. And that image of just having this Easter service and preaching the resurrection and at the end of it, more people than you expect come up to get baptized and it takes, you know, an hour to, to baptize everybody. And you're like, all right. Just the fact that that would never, ever, ever happen in the Catholic Church, <laughs> just, it, it didn't make me sad. It just, it gave me cause for reflection uh-huh. on, on the, na- like the, the nature of how our Protestant church works on a human level and how the Catholic Church works on a human level. So Mark Driscoll is an interesting case. He basically was a one-man machine that just engineered an entire system to operate around him and could be ruthlessly efficient and effective with what he wanted to do because he could just go out and fundraise the money for whatever he needed and get it and then sure. use it however he wanted. Cause it was, he was just, he was running the show, uh, ultimately. Um, 
and I just, every time it said something like, oh, he bought all these cameras and started this media division and baptized all these people after mass. And I was like, 85% of the things that Mark Driscoll did, a Catholic priest wouldn't be able to do because they'd have to get permission first. <laughs> and so there's like, yeah. it, and there's a good, obviously there's good to that, right? Because we see where he ended up. But I wanted to th- it, just talk to you about like, I feel like we're, we're missing a bit of the spontaneity and a bit of the... Uh, mm-hmm the beauty that can come from the um, just the way that Protestants can, can just, they have this freedom that I feel like we don't have. And I see some fruit from it. Like if people are getting baptized, you know that there's something good happening. Typically, you know, the spirit of God's moving. Yeah. On a, in a general sense, it's like baptism, I'm going to, I'm going to go on the record and say baptism's good. Baptism is good. <laughs> baptism is good. So I'm just kind of interested at, at what you think about this and how we can kind of, yeah, wrestle with that. I've been, a bit. I've been thinking about that too. I mean, the whole idea of a church planting network mm-hmm. is crazy to me. Yes, that's not something that <laughs> I ever considered. But it's, it's, I, I think it's, I think people need to be careful. And I would say this to, Patrick, I mean, Patrick, I, a, I just, I want you to know this: you are in a church planting network. You were baptized that? into one, huh? You were baptized. It, the the Catholic Church is a church. Oh, that network. one. That's what it is. got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the idea of like the idea of an independent organization that calls itself "quote unquote" a church planting network yeah, is very crazy. interesting to yeah. me. Uh, but no, you're you're right. You're right. I feel right. The Catholic Church is a church planting network. Yes, but we're so maintenance driven. Yeah, I mean the the idea of planting a church, Ethan, uh-huh. in the diocese of pittsburgh in the year of our lord 2000 we're trying to get rid of churches man we're trying to like we're trying to like burn them down you know Mm -hmm. like my one of one of my deacons at at holy spirit like would joke i was like oh sorry like i i i I gotta go turn off the uh, i gotta turn off the oven i think i left the oven on he's like ah leave it you know just something happens and we'll get the insurance money you know it's like a a running joke it's like Uh uh-huh the idea of the idea of going to a place but it's funny because as we were doing that right Mm -hmm. While we were busy consolidating churches, there were two churches that moved in and planted new churches in mm-hmm. Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. and and you could you could go the the cynical route and be like, oh well, they're just preaching the prosperity gospel and they're preaching they're just you know trying to do what people want. But it's like, you do have to give people what they need. Mm-hmm. Jesus fed people and he was suspicious of those people after he fed them. He was like, are you just here for bread? But he still fed them, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was important to provide for their needs. I don't yes. know. It's like stuff like that. We're not, we don't, we don't see ourselves as mission oriented. We see ourselves as we're maintenance based. We're just in maintenance mode. The maintenance mode. This is good. There's. Why are you smiling? What's going on? I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm not smiling. <laughs> Ethan, what if we planted a church? No, that's not. No, 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 no. That's oh, not where okay. I want to go with plan, this at You don't want to plant a church? I don't want to plant a church. You want to start our own podcasting church planting network? <laughs> I told you last week that we should start a podcasting consulting business. and We, we should would... start a podcasting consulting business and a church planting. I mean, I feel like I'm planting youth ministries. I did. Sure. You know? Sure. I just wonder, a story like Mars Hill r- lets you know that everybody has to be accountable to someone, Right. And if you're not accountable to anybody, then anything can happen, which is why uh, an, a, an associate has a pastor who has a bishop who has uh, the conference of bishops, hopefully, who has yeah. some kind of maybe a metropolitan. 
who has <laughs> who has the Pope ultimately, and the Pope has uh, God, but also the other bishops and the know? curia, yeah, and the curia to to help him out. So it's it's imperfect because we're we're human beings, but the problem with Marcel is like it was just Driscoll and everybody under him, and then he was obedient only to God, which if you listen to him, great. Sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> like know? if he, if he, uh, but when you can say, Oh, well, God told me this. Right. Which he you did know? on multiple occasions. Yeah. Well, know? my, my favorite one was when he and his wife both had visions from God and they were like, God told us what to do. And God told them to completely different things, mm-hmm. but they were like, it's God told us the same, the thing. same thing. God it's told us the same thing. Like God told her you're released from Mars Hill, but God told Mark, a trap has been planted. You can't run away. <laughs> it's like, you can't get out of it. You got to run. It's like, that's two different things. Yeah. That's like, get out of there. And that's, oh, I'm releasing you like a little bird. You know? I'm thinking just about the, all of the bureaucratic levels that exist in yeah. the Catholic church. So between me and the associate pastor, there's probably three layers of volunteers, secretaries, and and full time ministry people before yeah. I before I can get to the priest, right? Between the associate and the pastor, there's probably two more secretaries, and <laughs> and another full time <laughs> ministry person, and probably, um, you know, the janitor just all standing there guarding the door <laughs> to prevent sure no one gets in, prevent hoi polloi from from walking in. Between between a pastor and the bishop, forget about it. Like you're not. You're not getting it. The chancery in and of itself, they design those things to be mazes physically, <laughs> really seriously, emotionally. Yeah. You ever uh, worked in one? It's architecturally. Nuts. Yeah. I, yes, it's crazy. Um, sometimes I go there to the, there's a daily mass at it that I go to sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, just, I can't believe all you people are here. And like, <laughs> that like if working. I needed to do anything in this city, it would have to go through one of you. And it's just nuts. And yeah. then, yeah. So it's just, all of these layers are good because they, they provide a bit of a check, like what we we're talking about. But I just wonder if there's if there's just too big of a check and yeah. we like I don't know what the right amount of, of freedom is. Yeah. Like, are we yes, trying to manage our way around around the spirit? Because because yeah. I, I do believe this is what I'm thinking about, right? The book of Acts. Peter preaches. 3,000 people are baptized that day. Peter didn't sit down with all of them and make sure they had someone who was there to, you know, ensure that they were raised in the faith. And, you know, let me just check this off. Do you understand what you're getting into? There was a movement of the spirit. Peter preached what was true. Everybody said, we believe that this is true. And he trusted them. And he baptized 3,000 people in one day. You, I don't think there's anywhere in the, on the planet today in the Catholic church where you could baptize more than two people in a day. Oh, Father Anthony, (laughs) Father Anthony, if you're listening, we should have baptized that kid. We should have did it. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. The American we, people know it. Well, on a ret- I, I've told you about this, right? I don't know if you've told me about this. Hey, Father Anthony might disagree with my assessment, but he probably I, would. He probably has to because of the bureaucracy. And he, oh, Father Anthony's trapped by the bureaucracy. Ethan, we gotta baptize this kid. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but no, we we had this spring retreat. Uh, this one of my teens. We had ten teens show up. This out of those te- ten teens, two of them were brought by this one girl, and neither of them were Catholic. One of them wasn't even Christian. And at the end of the retreat, she was like, can I be baptized? I like had preached about what baptism is. And I'd said like, if you've been baptized, this is what you've been baptized into. And she mm-hmm. was like, I want that. 
And that kind of desire is like a Holy Spirit thing. Like, yes, that's, that's, the what, that's what I was saying. Like, this is why baptisms yeah. are good, you know? That's, the, that's yeah. the supernatural gift of faith. Yes. And I was like, I looked Father Anthony and I was like, can, can we? we? <laughs> and he was like, if I was the pastor, I'd do it. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, honestly, we should just do it. I mean, well, what, what well do? if they we baptize her now, then we won't have the baptismal certificate and it won't have all of the, th- like, just there's a you whole bunch of... I, it's just a bunch of garbage, you know. Like you have to, like I mean, like you know, you just get the book, and you, there are there are certain things that are good. Like you should administer the, you know, well, yeah, like, do, do the, the oil and, and like, the exorcism and all these things, and yeah. all this stuff. Because she, she's older, so you know, she's technically under the dominion of her parents. So like, you know, is she? But she's past age of reasons. So like theologically, can you do it? That's also important consideration. Like right, but I mean. Hey, she's still, and she stayed. So it's like, obviously, it's very clear that, like, God has given her the supernatural gift of faith, mm-hmm. and she can be baptized. But yeah, we don't, we don't do that sort of thing. I don't even, yeah. you know what? Let me, let me, let's back, back away from the institutional church for a second, because that feels too finger pointy. I think we don't expect those things to happen either. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a part of, there's a part of disbelief. There's like a part of me that disbelieves mm-hmm. Marcel's stories of like, oh, okay, like, 200 people sure mm-hmm. like fine they all wanted spontaneously to get baptized well how many of them were already baptized you know like what's sure deal? yes i you know? I agree with that yes and it's like if you want to if you want to if you want to compare numbers we all renew our baptismal vows on easter vigil so it's like what's what's the difference if like all those people were baptized they're just getting mm-hmm. baptized at your church now versus the other church down the street i mean it's like i don't know what kind of spontaneity are you looking for here's i'll tell you i'm, I'm great first of all i'm glad you asked and <laughs> okay cool <laughs> Second of all, uh, I think it's funny that we backed away from pointing fingers at the institutional church as if you can point fingers at a one billion person organization and have it be uh, personal. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I also I agree with what you're saying. We should start here and then move outwards. I pointed at my heart when I said here, just for everybody who's listening. I feel like I feel like that was that was understood. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. What kind of spontaneity am I looking for? Well, the other thing that was that was so interesting about this podcast was all of the people that were talking about this, this was super crazy and it was really nuts. And I can't believe all these things happened to me and I felt manipulated and that, but at the same time they say, this was the most amazing experience of intentional community that I've ever been a part of in my life. Yeah. You know? Like they were saying these two, these two realities that were being held simultaneously. And I, I always want to make sure that we know that we're talking about like this church that was not operating properly. Um, to make sure that we balance, you know, we shouldn't just swing one side or the other. But um, I don't, I don't think it is coincidental uh-huh. that it, if you just look at the statistics, right? That Sherry Waddell's always posted on the Facebook page. Like people leave the Catholic Church because they don't feel like they're a part of a community. They don't feel like they're a part of anything, right? And so spontaneity might not be the right word to talk about that. But um, when when it, everybody when thousands of people are all at a church service together and everybody kind of collectively agrees, like we're going to stay here and we're going to clap and we're going to pray for all the people who want to be baptized. And we're going to stay afterwards and like celebrate and hug each other and pray for each other and praise God together. And like make this a a home for all of the people who who Mm, come to this church. You're, You're more connected, right? When you have a pastor who, even though he's super aggressive and crazy demands that people be in small groups, (laughs) Yes, he's demanding things that maybe are unrealistic, but you know there were guys that ended up in this these small groups and they were uh, 
not the best in the world, but you had guys come into an intentional form of community every single week and their wives going to an intentional form of community every single week. Every single week, yeah. And there was this formation that was happening. Um, whether or not it was the thing that the pastor intended, yeah. people were having this a beautiful encounter with a Christian community. And the... And so you have things like people just wanting to be at the church, people wanting to give their time to the church all the time, yeah. people knowing and seeing, like that's the thing about the baptism. That's why I'm so hung up on it is because it's a tangible thing that you see. Most of the baptisms that happen in the Catholic church are like, make sure they're after mass so that we don't, we don't bother anybody, you know, so yeah. that we, we don't, we don't, <laughs> so we can't have too many cars in the parking lot, you know, that's that kind of thing. It'd be crazy. Um, That'd be wild. And People the, so, are parking and walking to Mars Hill. They're parking yes. it like, yeah. And it's crazy. And so the, just the, it's spontaneity. I don't know if it's the right word, but it's the, I want people to have some kind of connection with the church that they go to. And I feel like because we're so rigid and structured with the bureaucracy and how everything has to be, there's yeah. no opportunity for people to see things like um, baptisms of people who are converting unless mm. you go to the Easter vigil, which and you know that only happens once a year when it's like that public. Uh, you don't see the things where yeah. people are being welcomed into a community. You don't see the small groups. Priests are not advocating for those kinds of things to happen. I, just how much can you imagine how much different the Catholic Church would be if every priest from the pulpit every Sunday said, "Yes, we have coffee, juice, and donuts after Mass." But actually, like everybody who's here, in order to make this place a beautiful place, you all need to stay afterwards and get to know each other. You know, that's like, what I tell my teens. Yes. I literally tell them. I, I, I don't know if I told you, I had my first life night Attaboy. on Sunday. Nice. It was great. Um, not a lot of people showed up, but That's it, okay. was more than, it was more than one, <laughs> which is my, my was first it? ever life, was my it first two? ever youth night. No, it was not two. Okay. Um, it was three. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I told them all, they were all like, oh man, I wish there were more, more kids here. And I was like, yeah, me too. Uh, uh, you know more teens than I do. You know more teenagers than I do. Uh, it is right and just. And... Um, you're responsible for bringing people here. Like that's, that's you guys like bring your friends. If you want your friends to, they all had fun. They were like, this is the most fun I've ever had at church. And oh, I was like, yes, ever, ever, ever in my life. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it wasn't the most fun they've ever had ever, but they're like, this is the most fun I've ever had at church. Um, and one, one, one girl who showed up and she's like, I was dreading this. She left being like, I'm so excited to come back next time. Nice. It was great. Attaboy. It was great. That inflatable obstacle courses will do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a rush when it's, you, when you leap over that wall and the person in front of you just let go of that tall floppy thing. And so it flings back and hits you right in the face, right in the face. Or when, or when you see father Anthony's about to beat you. So you just grab, you just grab him by the torso and you just throw him down. You, you win, you beat him. Yeah. 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 That's what I did. I broke a rule. Instead of climbing it, you just jump, you just Just jump jump over everything. Like an an absolute parkour boy. Um, but yes. And and I, I told them all that I was like, Hey, it's a, uh, a community is hard to build. Um, because mm-hmm. it takes it takes dedication and sacrifice at first, and it's gonna feel fruitless at first. And uh, like you guys are you guys are gonna have fun when you come here. Because if you don't have fun, tell me. Because I don't want to do something lame. Because that's not if I if if you don't want to be here, I don't want to be here either. So we might as well just all go home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you need to you need to uh, commit because if you commit for a month, more kids will come, and it'll be worth it. Like it'll be. You'll, you'll have something beautiful here. Mm-hmm. I told them like my experience in life team when I was a kid. And 
we've said this a while back. I mean, churches should just be run a little bit more like youth ministries, you know, where it's like, it's, you gotta, you take intentional buy-in. Like I tell these kids, like, we don't, we don't want your, your, your energy and your like, like we want, we want you to be here. We don't want to like, I I tell them one of my other, one of my other stock (laughs) things I need that they need to know is like every other extracurricular activity you do wants to win a championship or, you know, put on a play or, you know, make, mostly win a make championship, money. make money. Exactly. Exactly. Every other, every other program, every program wants you to be there so that their program can continue. So then they can continue having a job and doing things. I don't care about that. This could die tomorrow for all I care. Uh, I want to give you something that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, you can't get an intentional, you can't get a, you can't get life team anywhere outside of mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. church. And, that's something that we should tell our parishioners. Like now there are expectations, right? Like God expects something of you. He expects your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's going to manifest itself in certain ways. So like if you're a priest and or if you're like at a, if you're like doing this, a, a, transforming that to a, transferring that to a church context, it would be every other organization club that you're a part of, they want your dues and they want you to volunteer. They want you to purely so they can continue moving and a lot of people in the church that's just what they want they say they mm-hmm. want youth ministry so they know that when they die they'll the church will still be there and they'll have their their cemetery won't be turned over to the state yeah the i don't know what happens to cemeteries if a church closes i don't actually know it sounds right it sounds like a thing that so, happens sounds like a thing that happens so but if you say like we only want to give you something that you can't get anywhere else that's what we want to do and uh that something is new life in christ and that new life in christ looks a certain way and it's going to include you know giving of your earthly treasures and your talents and giving of your time and like but the the return there is more than the return of like oh if we all pool our money together we'll all have if we all give a hundred dollars we'll have ten thousand dollars to go you know sponsor a hospital or whatever it's mm-hmm. like if we all give if we all give a hundred dollars a month um we're going to save souls and be transformed and have eternal life in heaven like because of the because of the good things that are going on here at this church mm-hmm. and i think i think you're you're right on the money when you said if a priest says i need you guys to go mm-hmm. I, to this event you actually you you need to mm-hmm. it's a it's an expectation of me <laughs> i'm right. i'm expecting this of you yes. to go hang out with each other mm-hmm. and get to know each other like if you have somewhere to be can you be late go to this you know right. <laughs> And I think that's the reason that the, not just Mars Hill, but every other Protestant church that I've come in contact with, whether I've just like gone to a service with a friend or if I read about it, hear about it, listen to a podcast, whatever, sermon, whatever, it's the pastors of most Protestant churches, the the good ones, the ones that are successful, they expect things out of the people that come. Oh, yeah. I'm just speaking out of my experience. Maybe you've had a different experience in the Catholic church, Patrick Nevy. Um, but I'm banking that we have the same, it's the same liturgy everywhere, you know, uh, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but I, except for some rare places, like places like, um, the Latin mass communities, uh, pastors and priests don't expect anything from the people that, come to mass and even and even you can hear it in like their stewardship their yearly stewardship appeals it's like all right guys please like we're, we're we really gotta 
really need to. The we have, a, we have an air conditioning very... that we just put on it. We have an air yeah. conditioning unit repair that we just put on a credit card. Yeah. Uh, the or youth the, minister opened a credit card and put the, you know. <laughs> or, the, or the bishop's annual appeal where it's like, you know, we got some nursing homes that are kind of falling apart. Um, I know that you guys already gave like 0.3% of your income, but like, could you maybe give like a, a little bit more to the bishop's appeal? You know, like just the way that these things are approached like there's no there's no expectation at all or yeah. no um that wasn't an exaggeration by the way that's the average at yeah. my parish is like 0.3.4 yeah yeah um in the and my frustration is is that I hear these things and I I see a guy like Driscoll who again I don't want to be like him in the yeah. way that he led his church but what he did is he was 20 something he was about our age mm-hmm. and he started a church with good intentions initially, like if you listen to him way back in the 90s, he his story changes over the years, right? And like yeah. they, they kind of tracked how he said different things about his origins and all these things. And like ultimately... This is the up, Bible that my wife gave me, right, you know, when like, we were married in 1980. And the Bible... But it was an ESV that came out in 2001 or whatever. Yeah, oh, so funny. Caught in 4K, as exactly. the kids say nowadays. Um, but he went out and he saw, he saw the problem with all these churches, which he viewed to be effeminate and pandering and all these things. And he said, you know what? There's, we need to, his, his tactic actually was really good, which was we need to go after men because if we have strong men, we'll have strong families. And if we have strong families, we'll have a strong culture. If we have a strong culture, we'll begin to take back this city from pagans. And it's just like, honestly, not bad. You not know? a bad idea. I like, I like that. One plus one equals two. Yes. And then two times two equals four. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, it tracks. <laughs> and he just, and he went out and did it. And I feel like we're, because of, the Catholic, the way that it is, I don't know if it has to be this way or it just is this way because American Catholicism lends itself towards bureaucracy and bloating because <laughs> everything in America lends itself towards bloating in one way or another. Yes. Um, I don't know diets. what, our, I don't know what our response is. Like, do I just, do I, am I just, do I just stay humble and just pray and not do anything? Um, well, the first two things, yes. those are just the rules. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's just the normal rules. Yeah, like what? Do, what do you do? Because I could, I can, I can, I can wax, uh, I can wax on about right what we the the great we should do. Because we don't, we don't get to preach on Sundays. Maybe we no, get to we give really a talk don't. every once in a while to a large group of people. But we should ordain more men to the diaconate. That's what we should do. <laughs> yeah, we need. You know what? We need more permanent deacons. That's, I unironically believe this. I, I I ironically believe it, and I don't think it's a good idea. I I think well, okay. I, what's first? I think we need a we need a, a better idea of what the diaconate actually is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I we can have more permanent deacons if they all agree to not have sex with their wives anymore. Sure. <laughs> like like it says in canon law, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of skip over that, you know. They just kind of skip over that part. Anyway, but uh, uh, most problems like this, like people come back with this, these institutional answers. It's like you should start an apostolic movement. It's like, well, then, so what do you need to have an, a successful apostolic movement in America? You need to have a CEO who has a board of advisors who's got employees, and then there's a secretary, and then there's people on the ground. And you have all these layers of bureaucracy that you were complaining about before that you've just created for yourself again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, there's no... There's no uh... There's no solution outside of bureaucracy. Right. I think um, I think the solution is you should move closer to people that uh, are also very Catholic 
and you should spend time. You said you said this. I forget. You said the solution is community. Yeah. And the reality of community is that it's it's random. It is spontaneous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The solution to spontaneity. The, the, you're saying spontaneity because community is spontaneous. Yes. I. What's Carly's husband's name? Blake. Blake. Blake said this when we were getting ready for your wedding, and I'm oh, never going to forget that. He was like, nice. "Just imagine, um, picture the scene: twelve naked guys in my house, all getting ready, putting their tuxes on, and Patrick talking about this, Catholicism. Talking about Catholicism. Patrick having this conversation with my friend Blake, and he said." you know, community and friendships, you need to be around these people regularly. Like it needs to be a part of your daily routine. Like go see them. Like, Mm -hmm. like we did when we were in college, you know, you, you, you got done with your homework and it was about 5 PM. Yep. (laughs) And you, you're like, man, it's time for dinner. Who's going to dinner? And you walk, I'd walk out of my dorm and I'd say, is anyone going to dinner? And we would just go to dinner dinner. together. And whoever was there, we went to dinner with them. Right. And unfortunately, the law says that has to stop once you graduate college. So we can't do that anymore. You know, that's that's dumb. Law. We should just, right? We should we should just be, hey, what are you doing for dinner? Do you want to come over? You know, like, do you want to come over to my house? And we can have dinner together. Mm-hmm. I, it, I'm making spaghetti. You know, you can never make right. too much spaghetti. Yes. I make a mean meat sauce. I believe that. That's very, it's, it's not bad. It's not Italian, but it's not bad. The hard thing, too, is to get out of the the um the mindset that every like the perfection mindset too with that like oh we can only start these small groups if they're if we know exactly what we're going to be studying and if it's all you know we've got all this content lined out and i've i've per- i have my schedules all perfect so that every night on Tuesday, every week on tuesday i'm i'm so free and like nothing's ever going to get in the way it's like yeah. you're probably going to have like a kid or a hernia or something that's going to get in between you and what <laughs> the two genders <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, or it's yeah. like, oh, we can only have people over, you know, once a month because it just is so much work to prep a, a nice meal. And it's like, no, sometimes you should just invite people over and be like, we got leftovers, you know, like, <laughs> we're going to heat stuff up in the microwave and you should come. <laughs> we got, we got lemon chicken. Uh, we only got one of those though. So yeah, I got one of those. I got some go. eggs. You want me to make you some eggs? <laughs> make you some eggs. Yeah. I'll whip those up real quick. Yeah, hey, we could... got, get this. We got frozen taquitos. Pop those in the oven. I know you're really hungry. What I like to do sometimes is just reach into the bag of shredded cheese and just eat handfuls <laughs> of it until I stop feeling hungry. And then that's it. Everything's that fine. So if you want that, you can have that. Uh, <laughs> you're not being ironic either. No, 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 no. You I'm do not. that, don't I do, you? I do that. I do that. Just eat handfuls of shredded cheese until I stop feeling hungry. Yeah, no, that's that's so true, and this is why young adult ministry never works. Yes, it's because it has to be perfect, it's, it's and it's got to be planned, and it's got to be. We have to have the young adult group, and we have uh-huh. to get we have to get the young adults. Uh, there was a thing that, that happened at Holy Trinity before it became Archangel Gabriel Parish, where they were just it was called Taco Tuesdays, yeah. and uh, they had taco trucks, and um, everybody just kind of hung out and yeah. ate tacos. Yeah, and that's it, and we need- and. We need the commitment without the perfection. We need yes. the commitment without, like, just just the commitment. Because the commitment is the thing. Like, going all the way back to what we were talking about with Peter in, in the book of Acts, right? The people said, we want this. We're committed. We're Peter, Peter, this is like 30 minutes after Jesus ascends into heaven, right? Peter no, knows. Uh, 30 minutes after Pentecost. Pentecost, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's which, a couple days is, after. Which is a couple days. Yeah, it's like it's a couple segments of 30 minutes strung together strung together Uh, (laughs) making about nine days making about nine days (laughs) sorry thank you for for correcting me um this is not very long after jesus ascends into heaven 
Peter doesn't have a plan, right? He doesn't yeah. have an apostolic uh, uh, vision statement that sure. he's, that he's written. <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. he doesn't have a five year plan for the diocese, uh, and he has no aspirations to become you know, an archbishop or anything like that. One of my right? favorite things about the Diocese of Pittsburgh is the how-to manual of how to how to make people Catholic again. Oh, boy. Uh, and it's sitting, it's currently collecting dust on shelves across, across the great nation. city of Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, not because the things in it are bad, but because that's not how you, that's not how you train people how to make disciples. What did Christians, yeah. what did they need at that moment in time? They needed people who uh, recognized the truth and were willing and able to make a commitment to that truth, even if it meant that they were going to die. Yeah. That's, that's all that they were asking for. And then they trusted in the grace of God, in the sacramental grace of baptism, in the grace of the Eucharist, in the grace of confirmation and holy orders, to actually take people where they, they, they needed to go. Because, I mean, even, we just, like, I, I feel like we don't think about how dumb the apostles were. Like they, these guys were oh, yeah. morons. Saints are stupid in the holiest way. Just absolute morons. So even how many days before you you know this? Um, how many days before Jesus ascended into heaven was the was the crucifixion? About forty. Forty days. Okay. Forty so, give or take. So let's go back fifty days. Oh, because Pentecost is fifty days after Passover. You're right. Um, so fifty days ago, from when Peter does this whole thing, right? Um, th- not even two months. He's he's denying Christ and running away, yeah. right? And and Judas is betraying him, and and all these all these guys are just the scattered. Rest of the apostles are just hitting each other with sticks. I don't the, know what they're going. the apostles are just banging banging themselves on the head with sticks, saying like we don't and know oppressing what we're doing. women. I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that one was for you. That was good. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> yes. Um, and and then fifty days later, they're tasked with evangelizing the entire world all by themselves. <laughs> with, and that's it yeah you get married for a couple of more years you get you get you married die. for a little bit longer right but then after that and they didn't respond with creating a, a bureaucracy they responded by giving grace right they responded yeah. by using the authority that christ had given them and so that's why the baptism thing sticks with me and especially that story that you told me it's like We've, we're trusting in bureaucracy more than we trust in in grace, more than we trust in the sacraments. You know, we can't we can't we gotta we gotta do this whole program. We gotta make sure that these kids are prepared to be confirmed and prepared. Yeah, to we gotta wait to confirm them until things. they're old enough to understand the sacrament. You know, sacraments, the thing you can understand. The, thing, yeah, the mysteries <laughs> that are totally digestible and, and all you need is a easy bite sized pieces. You know, I don't know yeah. if you know this, but Jesus is God's greatest gift. Yes, uh, that's what that's what one of our catechetical textbooks says. Jesus is God's greatest gift. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that uh, is kind of reductive of yes. how Jesus is God. You could just say that. <laughs> just a, a bit more trust in the power of God, right? So so maybe this means we might not know if someone who's getting married in the Catholic Church, we might not know where they got baptized. We might just have to trust them that they've been baptized. We might have to do a conditional baptism before the wedding. You know, like... yeah. Those are the things that people are like worried about, you know, it's like, well, if we don't know where they're baptized, how, what's going to happen when they get married? I I don't know. Why does it matter? (laughs) You know, like (laughs) that kind of a thing. Um, The, uh, the sacramental industrial complex, you get put on this conveyor belt mm -hmm. and you move. This is, this is what Ivan Illich is talking about. It's the trust in institutions. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and it's not that the church is not a divine institution. She is a divine institution. She is. 
but the way that we've administered the church's gifts mm-hmm. is we've like created this weird human and like you'll you'll hear this in every hopefully god willing you'll hear this in every uh parish conference rooms like we just we're, we we all recognize that there's a sacramental industrial complex but we just we have to do it mm-hmm. because the people expect it and do you know what would happen if tomorrow we said um we're going to confirm everyone um because the bishop has, uh, has issued a blanket permission for priests yeah. to administer the sacrament of confirmation so we're going to confirm um everyone uh that is uh, that is under the age of seven mm-hmm. and everyone else is going to be interviewed um, and asked if they want to receive the sacrament of confirmation. If they don't, we're not going to give it to them. Could I you imagine? It'd be hog wild is what it, it would, would be. People would go nuts. They'd be like, hold on, hold on. So you're going to confirm my seventh grader, mm-hmm. but not my eighth grader. No, he, he could be confirmed if he wants, but we just have to talk to him. We just have to make sure that he, that he, that he wants it. Mm-hmm. He just wants to, he needs to want to continue in the Christian faith. Uh, and he needs to make a good, he needs to make a good confession first. Mm-hmm. And the priest is going to confirm him. Well, you can't, Never mind. You can't make a, no, you, I think you can make a decision. Never mind. We're not going to go into that, but I'm just thinking this is the last thing I'll say about this. St. Peter Claver's feast day was last week, Great. Um, which good. we love St. Peter Claver. Uh, he, in the 1600s, decided to just ride around on the slave ships to and from Africa and would baptize all of the slaves on the ships. Um, nice. I think they estimated that he did over 300,000 baptisms in his life. That's a huge count. <laughs> it, yes, it is. Um, not perfect, right? Totally, probably misspoke many times probably didn't get enough time with the people that he was with um probably didn't follow up enough and make sure that they were living a christian life after they were baptized whatever like he was just one guy going on slave ships trying to baptize slaves yes Um, but could could we say that the church and the world and eternity is worse off because he baptized those people absolutely i would say it's better off It's it's so much better off yeah so I don't know. I just want to, I just want to shake, shake our modern notions of what it means to, to evangelize and bring the faith to people. Because I actually do think we have a lot to learn from the Protestants. That was kind of the whole point of this. Mm, interesting. Is that there's? there's I'm glad ways. because I didn't want this episode to be just Protestant bashing. Right. No, it's not. It's there's that's certainly too easy. like I think there's a lot of things that were. I mean, the Mars Hill podcast was made by Protestants. And there's a lot of Protestant bashing in there about just the the lack of oversight, you know, yeah. in, in evangelical churches well, like Well, buddy, that. do I have a solution for you? Yeah, there's it's actually these repenting things. repenting and submitting to the Pope. There's no, these seriously. things called overseers in the New Testament. And yeah. if you just translate that into the Greek, it's episkopos. Episkopos. We and talked it, about this the other day. I know. It's just, you want to know what that is? A bishop. That's it's what a bishop. That right. If you only can. we, if only, will somebody please think of the oversight? <laughs> Won't somebody please come up with some solution? Yeah. Um, listen, all, if you're I'm Protestant done. and if you're Protestant church planting network and you want to convert to Catholicism, boy, howdy, do I have a bride of Christ that could use your skills in revitalizing the church of Pittsburgh? Uh, that's, that's patrick at thecrunchcast.com if you happen to know how to if you want to move to pittsburgh and start a catholic church playing network uh do we don't have to tell the bishop 
He'll if find you, out when it's time. If you work for a diocese that has um, some extra money in its new evangelization budget, oh, contact e- info at thecrunchcast.com to have your free $99 consultation appointment um, for how for how Shut to up. start a podcast for the diocese. It's <laughs> free. free. That's not real. Free for if $99. You tell me, if you tell me that a church, if you tell me, you show me a church that has a new evangelization budget, and I'll show you a church that's going to be exactly where we are in a couple of decades. That's true. Oh my gosh. A new uh, evangelization but don't, don't budget. tell me that you wouldn't do a 30-minute Zoom call for 50 bucks. Well, oh yeah. No, people would totally do that. I Are you saying you would do that? I For what? To do a... a podcast consultation oh you want me to do a 30 minute zoom call for 50 bucks i like, want I to do one i want to do one together for charge a hundred dollars yeah we both make 50 bucks in 30 minutes cool info at the crunchcast.com that's all I'm saying. my my rate is much higher than that two hundred dollars great sure that works we'll do right. we'll do 100 bucks each 100 smackaroonies yeah and we will impart our wisdom we will do a personal essentially a personal podcast 30 minutes just for you, and we will fix your church. Thank you. Speaking of a personal podcast that's going to fix your problems, let's go into Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Great. So excited. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's not, I, 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 I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding-dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Uh, this question comes from... Welcome to Dr. Uh, Ethan's Dating Corner. Oh God, I, hate, I, hate, I hate how bad I am at podcasting. <laughs> five years. Five years. Entering five our years. sixth year. Five years, and I've never scripted a segment intro. No, no, I did for the Hot Take Time Machine. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting, posting lives. lives. If you have a hot take, fire your um, or send it in to Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. Dude, we can do Hot Take Time Machine on ourselves now. We, Yeah. Yeah, God's Not Your Wingman is now hot take time. <laughs> we got to go back. Um, we are a snake that eats itself. For the next five years, we're going to be revisiting every single one of our episodes, uh, and that's just going to be our podcast. Okay, uh, welcome to the Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by, sponsored Catholic, by Catholic Match. match. Follow Catholic, Catholic match. match at Catholic Match on Instagram you to submit. You can be submit. like me and Emma, and you can meet your spouse on the internet. On the internet, for and then, free. And then get married and uh, have a podcast. And that could be you. your wedding. Uh, I love I love weddings. They're beautiful. All right, this one comes from Clement with an accent over the E. Uh, never mind, it doesn't. <laughs> what? He checked the box that said, "Do you want to remain anonymous?" Right. It's so. Clement without an accent. <laughs> 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 and now no one will know. <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't listen to the crunch, so oh, he, 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 won't, he won't know. He won't know. He won't know. Um, Every time I'm in love with a girl, I feel like I'm being too kind. <laughs> every time. Every week. <laughs> Listen, this one comes from the Catholic Match Instagram, which is an interesting place. It's a different place. Every time I'm in love with a girl, I feel like I'm being too kind. And I think it may not be a good thing, but it's hard for me to not be nice. He's a nice guy. Um, I'm a man, 27, single. I live in the hopes to be married. In the hope mm. to be married. Mm-hmm. But I feel lonely and a bit sad not being on the way to marriage yet. And none of the girls I currently know are in love with me, as far <laughs> as I know. It's difficult to wait to meet the one. Uh, he may be French. Okay. And English is not his first language. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's, is that that's the question? Yes, that's the question. None of the girls I know are in love with me. What do? <laughs> what do I do? What now? Um... I think let's focus in on his his problem of he's too nice to to all of the women he falls in love with. Sure, yeah. 
I really hope this guy's French. They would make <laughs> everything so much better. Let me introduce you to a cartoon character named Pepe Le Pew. Let me introduce you to a cartoon a character named Johnny Bravo. Oh, the American Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> um, Am I wrong? <laughs> no. Hey, hey, little mama. And then he kisses up your arm like the like this guy does. <laughs> me, 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 me. Let me think. If you have a problem with you can tell that you're being just a bit too nice. Yeah. I, that's referring back to the Dr. Ethan's dating corner that we did last week for you and Brandon McGinley. You just need to stop thinking about yourself so much. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you're probably being a bit too conscious of what you're saying yeah. and what you're doing and all Absolutely. these things uh, because you, and this is hard to do, right? When you really like a girl, when you are in love as uh, <laughs> Clement without an accent says, um, <laughs> It's it's really hard to not be just like hyper aware of everything you say and, and read everything into it. Yeah. I think that's why it's important for us to develop friendships first because the reason that you're overly nice to someone, like think about the situations when you're overly nice to someone. Um, the first situation is this, when you're like in love with this woman. We'll come back to it. The second situation is when you're, it's like someone at the grocery store, you know, and you're checking out. You're like, hi, how are you? You know, like I don't, I don't act that way when I come home and I see Emma at the end of the day. I don't go, hi, how are you? Like yeah. I say, Hey, how was your day? You know, like it's, and it's still nice and attentive, but it's not like overly nice, you know? Yeah, so it's like, not like you're not being nice to a stranger. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the reason that we do that is because we, we, we don't know the person, right? Sure. So like, I don't know the grocer lady clerk. Right. And so I just, I, I have to treat her as, as if she could be anyone at any time. And the reason that we do this with women that we really like or we really love or men that we really like or really, really love is because we don't actually know the person, right? They're not human to us. And so we have to treat them like this, this object, this image, And because I, I don't know what lies underneath. So I have to just be like, treat, treat this person that I really love, quote unquote, the same way that I treat the, the clerk because there's a lack of true connection. Sure, so, that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I would say is you just got to get to know them better. And then yeah. that'll go away. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe one of the women that you know will decide to be in love with you. <laughs> so next time I see Brandon, what do I say to him? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you texted him to come on the podcast yet? Oh, no. I'll do that. You should do that. I think that'd be such a fun interview. That'd be really fun. Yeah. And he and I can do it in Pittsburgh, and you can cry from Oklahoma City. Congratulations to Clement without an accent. For finding uh, someone to be in love with. For finding someone to be in love with. It's a good podcast. I'm excited to record again next week. Um, we should record a Bible cast. We need. We do need to do that. We'll talk after the show. Uh, in the meantime, patreon.com slash the crunch. We're going to get rid of ads at the beginning and ends of episodes if we make we enough money on Patreon. It's so, true. I was thinking about just getting rid of it, and then I saw the payout, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Mind. I was going to ask you if it was a nice to have or a need to have. And if it's, it's, a, a, it's not a need to have, but it's a need to have. No. Okay. We can, <laughs> we can keep it. I don't, we, I don't mind it. The goal is to get rid of it eventually. So if yeah. you uh, can give money to patreon.com slash the crunch, then those will go away. Currently, currently the ads, like the average patron, currently ads on the podcast is, is as if we had an extra 10 patrons, which is big. Yeah. If we get 10 more patrons, what do we have right now? 72? Yeah. If we get up to 82 patrons, uh, no more ads. No more ads, baby. <laughs> no more ads on the podcast. Might so, as well cut out the ads. Yeah, think about it. Cool. Uh, do you have anything else for the people? 
you cut out. I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Do you have anything else for the people? Sorry, I still can't hear you. You're not funny. Yeah, I'm doing a bit. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week. This is so annoying. I'm trying to end the podcast. <laughs> Ruining it. That was good. Do you have anything? I said, do you have anything else for the people?